on that note, uh, this is for the Love of Film podcast, uh, season three, bonus episode number two. Season two, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, season, season two. two. I, w- I had three in my head because we just watched a movie which will be part of episode two of season two. Uh, episode three of season two. God, I can't. <laughs> this is the se- this is the second. Do you want to stop and start over? No, that takes all the fun out of it. <laughs> okay. um, so, for any of you who listened to or watched our Oscar recap, yeah. um, uh, Greg and I talked about doing a um, another themed episode. I, I'd like to do one, if we can do one every month, um, you know, if possible. I mean, this is only about two weeks after we recorded the last one, but this one's timely. So yeah, get it in before Valentine's day. Yeah, exactly. So we are going to talk about, we're going to do our list of our five favorite, uh, love stories. Yeah. Uh, and the sort of the qualification I had for this was, um, that the love story has to be the primary focus of the film. Cause I mean, almost every movie has some sort of, romance or whatnot in now, it. Now let but. me let me ask you this. Was it okay, I'm glad you said romance. So it's so the primary focus of the movie is a person romantically loves another person. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like E. T. where everybody loves the alien and, right. right okay, no, yeah. I'm talking about the the type of love that makes you warm inside and your bits <laughs> all tingly. Yeah. Um, okay, so does that change your list at all? No, it doesn't. Okay. It's there's one that's on the fringe, but I'll I'll fight to keep it in because this isn't. I I was looking through my movies today to see if I'd missed anything to see if there was some big right. love story that I I didn't put down because I went through a bunch of lists on the internet. And I've been thinking about it since you talked about it, and I don't. I only own a couple of the movies that are on my top five list. Sure. I'm not a love story guy, right? Um, as far as romantic love, I mean they 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 fit into movies that I watch, but they're not the the primary focus. Yeah. So that was that was a little tricky for me, but I like my list, and it's it's not. I couldn't probably go much further than my list of five. So we're like flip flopped with the westerns. The way, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had a million westerns. It, this was tricky for me because I couldn't actually consult my movies because all my movies are in storage right. and they're like packed up in the back. Yeah. So I, you looked at list two though, didn't you? On well, the- it's funny because as soon as we talked about it, after the last one, two popped up in my head right away. And then I thought about it for a couple of days afterwards and actually kind of forgot about it. And then we, uh, when we confirmed today that we were meeting cause time, I was like, Oh shit, I got to do it now. Yeah. And I, Pulled up a couple lists and then, um, and I actually, I had, when you said the, the least favorite, this move, the movie that's going to be my least favorite, I was thinking about the, you know, worst of all time, but cause it's, it's one of the few movies that I didn't walk out of, but I wanted to walk out of, yeah. but why don't we, can we save the, the hate ones for last? I'll leave it. Let's do them first to, to okay, end we'll on a positive note since it's Valentine's yep, Day okay, and people are going to be. Um, uh, but I and I had a couple ideas for some other ones, but then I was just like, let me look at it. So I guarantee you there's probably something 
that is a movie that I really like that I would put on this list that I'm forgetting just because. Sure. You know, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, so what did you hate? What did you almost walk well, out? We, well, we had something else to talk about first. We did. Yeah. So, well, this was interesting because right before we started recording, I confirmed something with you, and it, it seems that hell has frozen over, and the thermometer outside will will sort of confirm that. In that, so last night, for the first time in probably twenty years, I watched the Super Bowl, yeah. and you did not. For probably the first time in twenty years. Yeah. Um, I, I went mainly because a, a good friend of mine had invited me over, and um, I don't get to see her all that often and i was like sure it's a it's good reason and it was a it was a nice family kind of mellow thing it wasn't a super bowl party it was just her and another friend of ours and her three kids um so how much did you pay attention to the game i mean you have a you have a general understanding of how football is played i i had a very very broad understanding of how football was played and Right before the end of the f- second quarter, I had like a "Oh, I get it" oh, okay. uh, kind of yeah. moment. Uh, still don't care, but uh, <laughs> I mean, not that I don't care, but like, well, no, I don't care. But it, 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 the last it didn't uh, win you over. It didn't win me over. However, the last quarter of the game, it, it was you know, and and I haven't watched enough football to say this was a good football game. Hmm. But it was it, I was genuinely captivated by how the game was going to end. Nice. Um, and it's interesting now, like the day after watching everyone's posts on Facebook from around here, because the Patriots lost, um, everyone who's sort of qualifying it, um, you know, it, it was funny because the my friend from Colorado, who I was talking to you about right before we started recording, yes, she texted me yesterday morning and says, "Why does everyone hate the Patriots except for the Patriots themselves?" <laughs> I was like, eh, "It's a complicated thing." I was like, "But primarily because they're they're sore losers and they're sore winners." <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, but in the in the commercials. There was a commercial, uh, which I knew was coming. I actually, I actually missed it because I was on route, and it was early in the broadcast. It was, yeah, it was before. It was in the first quarter that they showed the um, the teaser for Solo. Yeah, uh, I forget. Somebody texted me and said, "Just watched the the might have been Chad Fernal, but I can't remember." It said, "Just watched the the Solo teaser," and so I. Waited until the game was over, and I definitely watched the, the teaser last night and then the trailer today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, and it's funny because they've done that with the last... Is that my car making that noise? I don't think so. Maybe. That's definitely your car making that noise. Yeah, that's not a good noise. No. Huh. Um, <clears throat> so it's going to get cold in here. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, you all just got to enjoy a little <laughs> bit of... Uh, uh, actually, I, I am just going to turn it back on again. Um, uh, we'll find out. Um, but, yeah, so there was a solo trailer. Yeah. Um, 
well, there was a teaser and then a trailer. Uh, and it was interesting because it was a lot of different footage in the two of them. Yep. So essentially we got a 30 second trailer or 30 second teaser last night and then a one minute trailer today with approximately 75 seconds of footage between the two of them. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts about? I mean, did you watch it more than once? Yes, I did. I watched, I watched the teaser a couple of times last night and the trailer a couple of times today. And I'm, I loved everything that I saw Mm. and I'm excited, but I'm excited in the same way that I was about Rogue One. Sure. And we were very excited for Rogue One. Yeah. And And we liked it, but it wasn't. We were really let down by how poor the script was. Sure. And how it seemed like this is, this is one isolated story that one isolated person wanted to tell and they got permission and I'm I'm afraid that this is too. I'm afraid that they're going to do some things that that I don't like. I'm afraid somebody is going to make some choices that I don't like. I I can I can see that. I I'm not. It's weird because everything was beautiful and I loved the the the, the teaser and the trailer. I'm less optimistic about the movie now, having seen them, and I don't know how else to explain that. Sure. Um, it, it, I mean, I was worried from, you know, because the original directors got fired and they brought in Ron Howard. Yeah. I was worried that, uh, you know, cause one of the things was that it was going to have a jokey sort of feel to it. And it didn't, it didn't seem that way. I mean, again, how much can you tell from a minute? Yeah. There were but, a couple of, of Han Solo-esque type, um, Yep, we got this. Don't worry, we yeah. got this. That kind of stuff, and I'm I'm okay with having that feel to it. I just, it's so vast what they could do. Yeah, and I'm just I'm afraid I'm not going to be interested in this. And I'm I'm, yeah. I hope it's good. I hope it's great. So it's something with my tire. Interesting. Um, I hope it's great too. I don't, uh, I don't know, like, I have no idea time frame wise, although judging by the color palette and everything, like, the way Rogue One was set in the same time frame as Star Wars and definitely had a 70s feel to it. Yeah. This almost has, like, a 60s feel to it. Yep. Like, something about, like, the woman dancing and then the robot and, yeah. uh, and, it, like, it feels like an, a slightly earlier time than Rogue One. So we gotta figure. And I, I would ten have, years before the the cantina. Yeah, and it's you know we did see the shot of him like, uh, as part of, or at least talking to an imperial officer. Um, to join to, the federation. Yeah. yeah, or what he wanted to do, and he talked about being a pilot, the best in the galaxy, which right. uh, seemed odd. To I don't know, like most of the dialogue that I heard. Um, and I forget the actor's name who's playing Han Solo. I can't um, remember his name. And I specifically a, looked at it. It's tonight. a German. Yeah, I know Rick something. Yeah, but something I know. And I haven't been impressed with him in the few things I've seen him in so no. far. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily his fault. But I'm also, I mean, the only time he looked Han Solo esque was at the end of it when they're like, "What's your name?" and he tilts up his eyebrow and kind yeah. of like. Um, 
but most of the dialogue that he's giving beforehand doesn't seem like, first of all, his voice doesn't sound like Harrison Ford at all. Um, and yes, it would be weird if he was doing an impression, but Ewan McGregor with, uh, with Alec Guinness clearly spent some time studying his mannerisms, the way he spoke. And, um, it doesn't feel like he went through that length to, to, to do this at all. Or he was directed not to. Right. Yeah. Or just wasn't directed to, and, you know, I haven't seen enough of this actor to know what kind of actor he is, and maybe it never occurred to him. Um, Maybe he's just like, sweet, I get to play Han Solo. (laughs) Um, uh, I will say that uh, Donald Glover as Lando looks pretty cool. Yep. Um, The big thing that, of all the stuff online that I've seen today about the trailer... Nobody has brought up, and I'm very curious about it. I don't know if you noticed that the Millennium Falcon looks different. There is so you know how the Falcon you've got your <laughs> cockpit, and then you've got the two little two things in the front with like the space in between. Yep, there's no space in between, it's all connected. Interesting, and I saw it. I um, didn't notice that because somebody had leaked some, they had leaked uh, some photos of the merch last week. And the Lego set, the Millennium Falcon for the Lego set looks like that. And then I saw a little die-cast Millennium Falcon that looks like that, too. And I'm like, okay, so does something happen to the ship in the movie? Or is it just like an older, you know, like, does it keep getting uh, altered? Or, thing that I didn't even think about till just now, the ship that we've seen in the trailers... Is that not the Millennium Falcon? Is it another Corellian cruiser? Yeah, and then they—that's ha- where my mind went just now. Is is um, the Falcon is maybe the, the the new and improved one that he gets after he right because up this one because we know that he wins the Falcon from Lando Calrissian at right. some point, right? And from the trailer again, it doesn't look like Lando is flying the the Falcon at all. It's all Han, but again, yeah. there's like three shots of him. So, um, and that's the kind of thing that they could probably do like in the opening teaser scene. Right. Is have that card game or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. So I'm interested. And I mean, we only have, we're going to see it a bunch of times. So yeah, I mean, you know, we only have three and a half months till it comes out. Yeah. It's not like last year where there was a teaser and then we had to wait nine months for the movie to come out. Right. Um, yeah, I th- it, it'll be interesting because... what's the, Do you know what the gap is between that and Infinity Wars? Um, as far as release date, is, is Infinity War... I believe Infinity War is in June. Because Ant-Man and the Wasp is in August. Like, I think it's less than a month. May 4th. Infinity Wars May 4th? May 4th, yeah. And oh. then this one's the end of the month. So there's three weeks between them. Wow. So, I mean, theoretically, Disney could be owning Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. that's. It seems know, weird that they put them that close. That's $2 billion in May. Well, May and June. Right. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be... Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, and there's been a lot of speculation whether or not... Uh, Boba Fett shows up in this. I I don't think he will. I don't think there's any call for either. him to. Yeah. Um, they might have Jabba show up at some point, but like even if it's just like towards the end of the movie, 
establishing Han's relationship with him before it goes south. Has there ever been any indication that Boba Fett and Han Solo knew each other before Empire? No. Okay. In fact, he... I mean, Boba Fett's not even... I mean, because they, they, they if, you know, in, in, in Star Wars world, they seem like they're these these foes right. with this backstory, and they're not. No, in fact, they don't even call Boba Fett by name in The Empire Strikes Back. He's just referred to as the bounty hunter. Right. Um, yeah, I think Han Solo is, in fact, the first person to call him Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I don't... Do you have anything else about... Uh, no, it's just I'm I'm hopeful, and we're gonna go. You know, of course, opening Thursday or whenever we're gonna see it, and right. hopefully we have a good time. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with Rogue One being the worst Star Wars movie from this generation. Sure, if everything can clear that bar, we're good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, because especially. With the way I feel about the Last Jedi, yeah, not being super psyched on it. If this isn't at least as good as Rogue One, then I know going forward, my you know excitement about the Star Wars movies will not be as high as it right. has been. Right. So we'll see. And again, and it's gonna. Be, but at the same time, it's gonna be a little bit depressing. Like we, Rogue One falls into fifth place now, sixth place. And if they pull out a bunch of Star Wars movies that just barely clear Rogue One, that's going to be annoying. Which I think, uh, you know, inevitably is going to happen just yeah. because they're going to saturate the market. I mean, right. they're also doing the live-action Star Wars series yeah. in two years. So yeah. I think that's going to, you know, dilute. However, I think... If, can, I, can I share something with you? Sure. Could care less about seeing Infinity War. I'm, really? I'm over all the Marvel stuff. <laughs> see, I saw the I saw the preview. I'm still going to go see it. I'm going to be I'm going to be there March third, sitting next to you. But yeah. if it came out in August, I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it came out at Christmas, I can wait. I'm I'm excited. I'm more excited for that than I am for Age of Ultron. Uh, than I was for Age of Ultron. Okay. Um, uh. Hmm, interesting. I, I'd say I'm as excited for it as I am for, or as I was for Civil War. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. And I liked Civil War, but I mean, and Civil War was an Avengers movie in all but name. Right. Uh, this is basically like, okay, everyone that was in Civil War is in this, plus everyone else in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it. It'll be it'll be fun just because. Everyone from the Marvel Universe will be face to face for the first time, and you know we, the Guardians of the Galaxy get to meet everyone else. And yeah, Doctor Strange, which I, again, I, I mean, Doctor Strange was in what the hell did we see Thor? Yeah, that's right. Doctor Strange was in Thor, um, and I I suspect it'll be one of those things because Benedict Cumberbatch is so busy that it'll just be a few minutes here and there. Well, no, you know, you didn't hear about how they did uh, Infinity War. No. So he had a stand-in film all of his scenes, and then the scenes that actually required his face to be seen, where it wasn't like fight scenes from behind, they had him 
act it all out, and then they digitally put his face on the stand-ins. Wow. So Benedict Cumberbatch was not there for any of the filming with the other actors. Wow. Yeah, I forget what he was filming, but he was filming something else. Incidentally, I just looked up, speaking of Marvel, uh, Deadpool comes out May 18th. Right. Still no title for it. So you got this, you got Infinity War on the 4th, then that, and then... uh, Although Deadpool is not in the MCU. I mean, going forward, he will be, but this film was made prior to Disney purchasing Fox. Yes. So, as is the new X-Men movie that's coming out this year. This year? Yeah. In 2018? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was supposed to be the first part of a new trilogy of X-Men movies, and Disney has said now that that, uh, they own Fox, that is not the case, and this will be the end of Fox. They're basically re- they're going to relaunch the X-Men as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. Interesting. Um, which is fine because, I mean, other, I mean, I like Fassbender and uh, James McAvoy as Magneto and Xavier. Other than that, I don't care about any of the other right. characters. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, I mean, I think uh, Apocalypse kind of kind of killed any interest that did in for me. Um yeah, do you want to get to our? Uh, yeah, let's do it because it's yeah we've yeah we, we've been yammering for a half an hour. So, um, I I actually have two honorable mentions, and I'll do the I'll do the 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 hated movie. Um, we'll do the hated movies first. Do you have one or two honorable? I have ones? one hated movie and one honorable mention. Okay. Do you want to do your, your hated first? I'll do or? my hated first okay. because I'm I'm happy to. It was the movie Once. <laughs> Never, ever. I, I can't think of a single movie. I'm laughing because that, that was one of the ones I debated whether or not it was going on my top five list or not. I, I'm, 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 sure it, I'm sure you did because most people love it. And artists and musicians love it. But me, it was garbage through and through. I was angry that I watched the entire thing. And it it might be the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I the reason I uh, Nick's. I mean, it. I have like Jamie Bradley loves it. It's probably his favorite. Right. It's 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 a very it's a very simple story. For mm. those of you not familiar, it's about um, two buskers, two street musicians who meet each other. Two whiny people who whine and cry for an hour and a half and play some music and scream and scream about how terrible their life is and cry and cry and cry and walk and talk and cry and right. cry and walk and talk and cry. I think part of why I like it is because <laughs> so so they're actually they were actually a band like a like that is a true story of how they actually met Don't care. and became awful. a band. And they had really. You understand that this is your. This is my hated. So no, 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 I'm allowed to erupt about how much I hate. No, it. no, no. I'm not trying to talk you gotcha. out of it. Yep, okay. I'm just saying. Um, like they had already released an album as the swell season before the movie came out, so I was already on board, like the band. However, I the reason it didn't end up on my top five list is because I realized uh, at the end of the day, uh, I was more invested in the story outside of the movie, not like th- what led to them making it, than the actual movie. Okay, like the movie on its own merits is paper thin and garbage. Um, and also they're not together anymore. Right, so. Um, and they weren't at the end of the movie. No, but they were a couple 
um, for several years after the yes. movie was made. And then, in fact, they filmed every minute of it because the movie was a couple years long. Which is funny because it's actually a super short movie. It it's really like is, eighty-one mo- it minutes. Just but feels like sure. It feels like you're trapped in hell for years of your life. So, I literally could not think of any movie, any genre, any movie that I hated that I would rather watch once instead of that movie. Yeah. It's the one I'll never go back to. I'll watch any other movie I've ever seen and hated before I ever watch once again. I hate that it exists. Ugh. Um, Anyways. So my most hated love story is a movie from 1994 that I saw in the movie theater called IQ. If it doesn't ring a bell... Uh, that's fine. I don't know. Oh, I, is that with, uh, with, did, did, what's his name play Albert Einstein? Yeah. So yeah. Walter Matthau played Albert Einstein. Tim Robbins played a scientist and Meg Ryan played Albert Einstein's yeah. niece. She played a per- person who's not a real person. Uh, and basically like it's the most stale, tepid, like there's zero chemistry between Tim Robbins or Meg Ryan. Um, and Walter Matthau being, you know, the, you know, the, the quirky Albert Einstein throws in some little mathematical quips to, to resolve their love. Yeah. Um, it was asinine to the <laughs> point of being offensive. I saw it with my friend Christine Kingsbury in the theater in downtown Hampton when they used to have a theater there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember turning to her at several points and saying this is the stupidest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, you know, it's supposed to be a light romantic comedy. It's, yeah, it's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. Um, I'm glad I avoided that one. I usually, I, I, I'll usually avoid a rom-com. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll do my two, uh, my two honorable mentions, then you can do yours, and then your first. I'm really curious if there's going to be any crossover in our lists. I doubt it, but we'll see. So the two honorable mentions I have, one is Cameron Crowe's 1989 movie, Say Anything, okay. which I'm a huge fan of, but it's really a first love story. It's not like a, like, you know, watching the movie, at least as an adult watching the movie, that it's not going to work out long term with them. Have you watched it as an adult? Yes. Does it hold up? It does, but it was... Because I, mean, I haven't seen it in probably I mean, 20 years. I was a teenager when I first saw it. So and I. so I just assumed... I, I didn't look at it as a teen love story. I looked at it as a love story. And right. I was like, oh, they're going to be together forever. Yeah. And then watching it now, you know... You're, I mean, I've I've probably seen that movie 15 times. Um, huh. um, you know, it's 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 certainly a cultural milestone. And um, it really, I think, was kind of the movie that pushed John Cusack into the, into the, the mainstream big time. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you, if you went around to women of our, of our generation who watched movies and said, describe your perfect guy on that list is probably going to be Lloyd Dobler. Lloyd Dobler. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in, in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good. Um, but again, because I said it's, it's really about first love. That's why it's an honorable mention, not on the list. Yeah. And the other one, and I hesitated, I, I, this didn't make my actual list because it's too new and I'm just super infatuated with it now. And I don't know if it's going to stand the test of time for me. Uh, cause it came out 
less than six months ago is The Shape of Water. Mm. Um, I mean, I saw it for the first time only two months ago, but yeah. it, 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 you know, played at some, some, uh, film festivals and stuff. So it's been out longer, but, uh, yeah. So those are my, uh, those are my honorable mentions. How about yours? All right. My honorable mention. And I spent some time thinking about this today and here is why the princess bride is my honorable mention. <laughs> it's a fantastic love story. Mm-hmm. It's also a fantastic comedy, mm-hmm. a fantastic action fantasy movie. The Princess Bride is a perfect film. And I can't put it in my top five love stories because it's it's so many things. Yes, it's a great love story. And yes, the the love story, you know, is is the primary focus of the movie. It's it's the entire reason for the movie. But it's it's beyond that. It's beyond the love story. If I were to list my top 10 favorite comedies of all time, The Princess Bride would probably be in there. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, I couldn't put it in this list. I'm just giving an honorable mention because when you talk about love stories, you've got to have The Princess Bride in there. It's funny because that was, when we first started talking about doing the list, that was one of the first movies that I thought about doing on it. And up until, you know... Two minutes before I said, you know, my list was ready. The Princess Bride was on mine, but for exact the exact same reasons that you said, I was like, while the love story is what drives the movie, that's not. I mean, it's it's bigger. It's bigger than the love story, right? And also, the the lovers only have the intro, and then like the last couple scenes together, and the rest of the movie they're apart, right? Oh, no, they have the middle to right. the as-you-wish thing, but uh, spoiler alert. And I was thinking about it today. And Wesley like, is the Dread Pirate Roberts. Right. When they, when they get together at the end and everything's beautiful and everything, there are, there are parts of that movie that cause a stir in my heart. Mm-hmm. One of them is, is um, Mandy Patinkin, I Want My Father Back, You Son of a Bitch. Mm-hmm. And the other is at the very end of the movie when Peter Falk is leaving Fred Savage and he goes, can you come back and read this tomorrow? Mm-hmm. As you wish. Those are the things that choke me up. Not them kissing at the end or whatever, even though that's lovely. The part that chokes me up is when he says to Buttercup, uh, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in this <laughs> world. It would be a pity to damage yours. <laughs> Yeah, all right. so we like was, different things in movies. That's right. So, so what's your uh, what's one? Of, are you doing them in any sort of order? No, but I am gonna I'm gonna jump right on one right now because yep. it goes into one of your honorable mentions, uh, and it's Gross Point Blank, which is basically the 10 year anniversary of Say Anything, um, except for No Ioni Sky. Right. It's yeah. There's action and there's all of this stuff going on, but. You're going to have a hard time finding a guy and a girl who have better chemistry than Minnie Driver and uh, John Cusack in that movie. Mm. They're just sensational together. And yeah, it's great. It's not it's not a tearjerker by any means, but you're very glad when they get together at the end. And it's probably I don't know how many times I've seen that movie, but it's it's almost yearly viewing. And it just never gets old watching the two of them interact. It's one of the two movies that I actually like Mini Driver in. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the only one I do because I'm over a good one. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, Gross Point Blank is 
don't know. My number five. All right. So I'm going to go in reverse release history. So the most recent to the the oldest. Um, So one of my movies is a film and also starring Tim Robbins uh, called The Secret Life of Words. Um, I don't know that movie. No, it's it's not a well-known movie. Uh, It came out in 2005. It's uh, Tim Robbins and Sarah Polly, who is, along with Jennifer uh, Connelly, one of my two favorite actresses, um, who is also an amazing filmmaker, director, um, in her own right. Um, You'd probably know Sarah Polly from the Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, She's a Canadian actress. But um, it takes place on an oil rig. I don't know who she is. Um, I'm looking her up right now. Yeah, it takes place on an oil rig. Um, she is... Tim Robbins is... Oh, she was in Go! Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, Tim Robbins is blind for most of the movie. Um, that's not a spoiler. It's, uh, it's, you know, revealed the beginning, but it's... And she's his nurse, and she... I believe she's Croatian in the movie, and she barely speaks... And through the course of uh, the film, uh, they develop this unlikely friendship and eventually a romance. Um, it is it is probably the saddest film or most heartbreaking film I've ever seen. Wow, that's um, something coming from you. Yeah, um, I mean, ultimately, it's it's uplifting at the end, but it is just there's this one particular scene that just kicks the shit out of me every single time I I see it. And I mean if you watch it you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh I might check that out. Yeah. You know it sounds dark. It'll be a super downer, but uh, <laughs> uh but it is it basically is about what it means to love another human being um completely. Yeah. So it's your turn again. Uh you're going to love this one. Mm. The Village is one of my favorite love stories because mm. the primary focus is the story between Joaquin Phoenix and, um, and Bryce Dallas uh, Howard. Yeah, and Richard Cunningham's daughter. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, of all of M. Night Shyamalan's movies, that, that's his love story. Yeah. And it's beautiful and it's, yeah. I'm a huge fan of The Village. It wouldn't have occurred to me to put it on this list, but I can totally see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love about that movie is that the protagonist of the film switches halfway through because it, it's the first half of the movie. You're convinced it's uh, Joaquin Phoenix's story, and right. then it switches to her story. Right. And uh, William Hurt has that great speech about love mm-hmm. as he's explaining to everybody why he sent her away, <clears throat> and all of the the determination of her through the woods. And it's lovely. It's just a lovely love story. That's probably my favorite Jesse Eisenberg film. I love The Social Network, but not because of him. Right. Yeah, that's right. He is in that. Yeah, he's one of Michael Pitt's friends. Yeah. It's also, I, I don't know, I really like I really like Adrian Brody in that. Yep. It's such a weird performance. I mean, Such a, such a, a courageous performance mm-hmm. to take on that role. Yeah, because uh, that's a really tough role to not play jokey and right. get it right. Right. Um, 
And it's weird because knowing, you know, still knowing the twist ending from it now and watching it again, it's still, it's a nerve-wracking film. It's it's genuinely frightening in several places. Yep, yep. Um, I, you know, I won't spoil it, but, uh, and it, that's, that's one of those movies that people, a lot of M. Night Shyamalan fans hate that movie. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I think nope. it's great. Yep, me too. Um, all right, so let's see. My next movie, um, and this was on a bunch of lists. We were talking about lists that we looked at, but it was actually, as soon as we started talking about love stories, I was like, yep, this is on it, um, is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That almost was my hated, but I took it off of my hated because of uh, once and also because even though I did not care at all about Jim Carrey or Kim, Kate Winslet getting together, didn't care at all about right. about their romance or whatever, I loved the sub-stories. Sure. I thought they were fantastic. That My drawback to that movie is I didn't care at all if Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey got together or didn't get together. That was the first... That was the first... That was 2004? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that was like, and it, it says a lot about where I was at in my life at the time because I like fell in love with Kate Winslet's character in that movie. Mm. Um, I've definitely dated that girl, um, <laughs> uh, and it's also one of the only movies where Jim Carrey plays a completely normal person, like yeah. like a regular, a person, regular person, not a Jim yeah. Carrey character. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because it, it really deals with like again what it means to love a person and like when all is said and done and it didn't work out. Like sometimes we just have these people in our lives that we are drawn to despite, despite it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you gotta, yeah, you gotta live with the bad. Plus Kristen Dunst jumping around in uh, her bra and underwear on a bed. Yeah. You know, just nothing. What's not to like, uh, okay. Um, one of my all-time favorite love stories is Moulin Rouge. <laughs> that almost made it on my uh, on your list. hated list. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's one of those movies. It's very polarizing. People either loved it or they hated it, and I loved it. I always, always sob at the end. It's not tears. It's openly sobbing at the end. I um, well, the reason it didn't make my hated list is because I realized I don't hate the movie. I just hate Nicole Kidman. Yeah, you do. I. It, uh, that makes me sad. I don't think she. I don't think she ever had a soul. So I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say she's. Evil you said the same that. thing about Jennifer Lawrence during the thing, and I agree with you with her. Yeah. And uh, Anne Hathaway. I think Anne Hathaway was put together in a factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I like Anne Hathaway. Well, I like looking at her. My niece forever tried to get me to watch Moulin Rouge, and finally I broke down and watched it. And God, did I cry at the end of that movie? I. I mean, I love the arrangements of the modern songs. And that was mm. one of, that was, that was a weird thing at the time to yeah. come out. Now everyone do, does it every third Sunday. Every movie comes out and right. And I, I I'm kind of like, I'm kind of sick of that now. I'm yeah. like, thanks a lot. Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Um, it also, I feel like was sort of the beginning of this new Renaissance of musicals. So again, thanks Moulin Rouge. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and on its own merits, I think it is a fine piece of work. Um, it, I think it's Baz Luhrmann doing what he does best 
at his best. Yep. Um, before he sort of became a parody of himself. I mean, the Great Gatsby, I feel like, is far too glitzy and schmaltzy for his own good. But anyway. And uh, Carrie Mulligan cried through the entire thing. Because right. That's, that's what, what she, she does. does. Um, all right. So it's my turn again, right? Yes. This is a movie that um, not that many people have seen, and most of the people who are a fan of this actor hate this movie. Um, Punch Drunk Love. I have seen that movie, and I enjoyed it, and I think it was one of Adam Sandler's best performances. I think it's his absolute best performance. It's it, it's also... I a, liked him in Spanglish. He's pretty good in that, too. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, it's he plays a very bizarre person. Um, it's basically like, instead of Adam Sandler going, like, firing off on all cylinders trying to be Adam Sandler. Right. It's someone like Adam Sandler, but even more withdrawn and bizarre, yeah. trying to pass as a regular person. And the the, the the idiosyncrasies leaking out all over, around the corners. Right. Uh, and Emily Watson is also a weirdo in that, too. And it's just too bizarre... Bent but not broken people. Why do I feel like it's Wes Anderson? It's it's Paul, Paul Thomas, Thomas Anderson, Anderson. I mean, yeah, it is Paul Thomas okay. Anderson. Yeah, that's right. It's and it's kind of his smallest movie. It's very intimate. It's really. It's you know, just the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> my favorite part in the entire movie, which doesn't have a whole lot to do with the love story. Um, so uh, the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman is blackmailing Adam Sandler, and he tracks him down. He go crosses like three state lines to track him down to get him to stop. And he says, and he goes into his store, and he says, and he like caused a bunch of damage to his store, and then he points at him and he says, "You say that's that, like saying it's over, or I'll beat the hell from you," which is such a weird way to put it, but it's just like, <laughs> and and he says it. So seriously, like, in Philip Seymour Hoffman is so terrified of him because he's like, oh, I'm dealing with a crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you say that's that. Or I'll I got to rewatch that movie. I, I, from you. I saw it once when it first came out. And there's, it, there's a, there's, a, and this is pretty much for my friend Bob Scammon and that's it. Um, there's, there's a homage and they use a song from uh, uh, the, the 1980 Popeye musical. Um, cause Paul Thomas Anderson was obsessed with that movie and I love that movie as well. So I gotta watch that again. It's, it, it, if you watch it again, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. That is a, it is a, it is a weird, weird movie. I haven't seen it since, like I saw that originally in the movie theater back in 1980, 79, whenever that came out. 1980. 80. Yeah. I gotta watch it again. It's one of those movies that a lot of people are familiar with thanks to HBO because HBO used to play it all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like for years. Maybe that's right. From like, probably from like 83 to 86. It was yeah. on like once a day. I feel like I saw it in the theater, but I don't remember. Um, yeah. So what's your next one? Uh, my next one is, and let's see if you can guess what this is. The only movie Nicolas Cage should have made. I'll give you a hint. It came out in the 80s. Wild at heart? Moonstruck. 
I've never seen it. You've never seen Moonstruck? No. You wouldn't like it. It's so charming and so fun and so silly. Cher won an Oscar for it. Um, and it's, it really is the only movie that Nicolas Cage ever should have made. He was fantastic in it. And she was too. And everybody was. Hmm. Um, John Mahoney was in it. It's the only Olympia movie. Olympia Dukakis. It's the only movie I didn't hate Olympia Dukakis in. Hmm. Um, it's, it's so much fun from start to finish. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, yours. Uh, mine is Steven Soderbergh movie guy, not really known for making, uh, romances. Um, great director, but, uh, 1998's, uh, out of sight, out of sight, a classic that should have been in my, um, in my honorable mentions. Cause it's. I think it's my 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 favorite of his movies. It's it's great. It's almost. I mean, if they took out the profanity and there's a couple mildly graphic violent scenes, if they took it out, it'd be like a classic caper movie from the yeah. '60s. But at heart, it's about this quirky uh, romance between George Clooney and uh, Jennifer Lopez. That scene in the trunk is one of the best scenes in 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 movie history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where they're they're stuck in a trunk together, stuck in the trunk together and just yeah. having a conversation. Yeah, um, that's funny. And I mean, everyone in that cast is just top notch. Yep. The only thing that makes it feel dated. I, I remember, I remember being literally frightened of Don Cheadle in that movie. What I, what I was going to say is the only thing that feels dated to me watching it now is Don Cheadle. I don't buy him as intimidating no. now because he. But he didn't have the body of work that John, Don Cheadle has now right. when it came out. Right. Um, it's the same thing with Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. You see him now and you're not... Right. You watch Goodfellas now and you're like, oh, that's the Home Alone guy. Right. But you watched it back then and you and were he was like, a psychopath. fuck, I don't want that guy anywhere near yeah. me. Um, yeah, Out of Sight is a, is a fantastic love story. Steve Zahn's great in it. Yes. Um, Ving Rhames. I remember I, remember I saw it here i sat in newington back in 98 i was by myself and i'm watching this girl jennifer lopez in this movie and i'm like this girl is going to be a huge star and she went on to be a huge star and i think i've mentioned this to you before but um it, it's something i've definitely mentioned on a podcast there's a fun little trivia factoid about that movie um you know that that movie's connected to uh Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. It is, through Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton plays yeah. Ray Nicolette in both movies. Right. Different movie studios. Um, they're both, both Elmore, Elmore Leonard, Leonard yeah. ones, and they didn't ask the studio permission. They just did it, and nobody cared. They shouldn't. Yeah. Because he, he, Michael Keaton is barely in out of sight. It's an uncredited performance. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he... yeah. And, uh, God, what's his name? Oh, Dennis Farina's yeah. great in it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, uh, Catherine Keener plays Clooney's ex-wife. Yep. Yep. She's um, great. Yeah. It's, you know. She has not aged well, though. Uh, what's his name? Didn't uh, we see her in something? Get Out. She was in Get Out. She was in Get Out. Um, we both commented that she has an What's his name? Well. Louis, the Hispanic. The guy, guy. yeah. I got my pee, -pee. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, he's great in it. It's yep. just, oh, it's a fantastic movie. All right, yeah. so you've got two more. Uh, so I've got one more. I okay. saved my favorite love story till the end, and it's On Golden Pond, the 1981 super classic mm. Henry Fonda, Catherine Hepburn 
true love story because it's not about people getting together. It's about people staying together. I have a weird... So I've never seen on Golden Pond, uh, but I have this weird connection to it because both of my younger brothers were born in the Beverly Birthing Center. Uh, okay. And... Uh, Filmed in Holderness, New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, so while we were waiting for Chris, my youngest brother, to be born, spent I spent about, you know, the good part of 24 hours in this birthing center in the little reception area. And it's not like a hospital. It's just, it's basically like a living room off the, off. So, uh, they had a behind the scenes making of real, cause that was a new movie at the time. Yeah. 81. And, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it was on, it was before we had 24 hour news cycles, so on and so forth. Um, and it was on like WBZ or something like that. Yeah. So every two hours, the same thing played over and over again. Wow. So I have this, like, burned into my <laughs> psyche, this a couple scenes from On Golden Pond, but I've never seen it. I would highly recommend watching it. It's it's two old actors at the peak of their game. Isn't isn't there a couple generations of Fondas in the movie? There is. Jane is in it also. Um, but no Bridget. No. no <clears throat> and she's very much... Uh, Wonderful performance by Dabney Coleman. The cast is five people, six people, hmm. six people. Hmm. Um, yeah, and it's it's the greatest love story I have seen or will ever see because you feel it. You feel how much they love each other, and it's not it's not happy, happy, joy, joy. I mean, they're fighting and stuff like that too. And it's just God that there's a couple of scenes in it that will always break me down. Are there any sword fights in it? None. Interesting. There are sword fights in... There are no sword fights. Oh, man. You really should watch it. Huh. You really should. All right. I'd be, I'd be very curious what you thought about it. Anyways, your last one. So my last one, there are sword fights in, uh, <laughs> uh, came out in uh, 1985, Richard Donner's Lady Hawk. Huh? Um, which that's is the one I guessed right. Yeah, that's the one that you guessed right. And some people will argue it is a fantasy film, which it is. Uh, and it is about, you know, finding a day without night, a night without day um, to reunite these star-crossed lovers. But the whole movie wouldn't be taking place if it wasn't for the love that these two characters have. And this, you know, the the, the one, the, the evil bishop who can't, can't let them be together because he has to have her for himself. Uh, is a bow. Um, I gotta watch that again. Oh, it's so great. Um, I mean, I, that's easily one of my like ten favorite films of all time. It definitely uh, is. Um, it was, and it was a different role for Matthew Broderick and uh, Rutger Hauer. Well, Rutger Hauer had done actually in in Sweden had done uh, uh, Sweden. I get all the Norwegian countries, whatever country he's from, where there's a lot of tall, blonde, beautiful people. Yeah, he had done a bunch of sorcery, like sword and sorcery films. See, uh, now I just think of him as a creep, like the Hitcher and and stuff like that. Right, and Blade Runner. Yeah, uh, Roy yeah. Batty. Um, yeah, and it was um, it was it was interesting because there's a scene. The, the end scene where they're reunited, sorry, spoiler, um, <laughs> where he lifts her up 
in the air and he's spinning her around. And Michelle he, Pfeiffer, right? Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. And he says, you cut your hair, which was an was a genuine response because they don't they they for those of you not familiar with the movie at night he's a wolf and during the day she's a hawk so they're always together but eternally apart um so they didn't have any scenes together until the final scene which they actually filmed fairly early on in the movie yeah uh, because movies they don't shoot in order most of the time but when they had incidentally i'm sorry to interrupt but they filmed hostiles in order yeah, I, I remember reading that. Yep. Um, but they, um, when they had screen tested Rutger Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer together, she had long hair. Hmm. And that was the first time that they'd seen each other was the filming on that day since the screen test. And yeah. her hair was much shorter. Huh. Yeah. What's that girl thought we were creeping on her because we're just sitting here in this parking lot for... Probably. Probably. Um... It's also uh, it's a very it's a pretty small role, but uh, Alfred Molina is pretty pretty nightmarish in really? that too. Yeah, and it's I've got to check it out. Again. It's interesting too. So, um, God, I can't think of the actors. You name. don't have to watch Moonstruck because you won't like it, but you do have to watch On Golden Pond. I'm more interested in watching Moonstruck than On Golden Pond. <sighs> you, I'm telling, fine, watch it, but you won't like it. You're gonna what's be like, the oh. what's what's the eldest Fonda's name? Henry Fonda. Henry. Because he died not long after that was made, I think. A couple. Of years. I believe that was his last movie, but I might be wrong. Huh. Well, let me let me look it up on my little um, computer thing. So, so we did it. So what's uh, so so? I mean, if you have an idea, you can throw it out now. If not, you can tell me in the next month. But uh, you're in charge of coming up with the idea for March's list. The cast is eight. How is that possible? Because they didn't hire nine people. Oh, yeah! Okay. Um, I'm leaning towards World War II movies just because it's easy. Okay. I already know what my number one is. Yeah. It'll be... That would be another one. It'd be tough to... I figure that one's just easy, so let's just right. do that in March. All right. And I did just see two World War One movies. Uh, oh, no. Um, I saw. I I feel like I've seen Dunkirk. Even should we do? Should we do war movies in general or just... no? That's way too broad because okay. I I just I already had three pop into my head for World War Two. Okay, so we'll just. Do I mean, because you II. could do you could easily do favorite Vietnam movies. Right. Uh, I mean, of which tough. I don't have any because I I haven't seen too many Vietnam movies. Like you've, I've never seen Platoon or you've never seen Platoon. No, Full Metal Jacket or anything like that. I don't like Vietnam movies. Um. That's one of Johnny Depp's best movies. Johnny Depp has a very small role in Platoon. Doesn't Lawrence Fishburne was not his first movie? No, that's uh, that is Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now. now. Right. Yeah. But he was only fifteen and sixteen when they filmed it. All right, so we'll he do. He was Larry Fishburne back then. Yes, we'll do uh, World War Two movies next month. Okay, because why not? Um, all right, so we're gonna sign off for this and then record an episode that's going to come out before this one. We're doing time travel. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Thanks guys. See you next time. Bye.